Hello everyone, I need to also make this clear that as a heteroflexible person, um, I don't want to leave out the men and the non-binary persons with what I'm about to say. Um, So... I enjoy my emotional intimacy with men, my physical intimacy with men, my unconditional intimacy with men, my aesthetic intimacy with men, my work intimacy with men, my commitment intimacy with men, my creative intimacy with men, my conflict intimacy with men, my crisis intimacy with men, my spiritual intimacy with men, my intellectual intimacy with men, my experiential intimacy with men, my circumstantial intimacy with men, my recreational intimacy with men, my financial intimacy with men, my sexual intimacy with men, my interpersonal intimacy with men, my social intimacy with men, my environmental intimacy with men, my cultural intimacy with men, my romantic intimacy with men, just like I enjoy my romantic intimacy with women. So, and I enjoy my emotional intimacy with non-binary adults, my physical intimacy with non-binary adults, my conditional intimacy with non-binary adults, my aesthetic intimacy with non-binary adults, my work intimacy with non-binary adults, my commitment intimacy with non-binary adults, my creative intimacy with non-binary adults, my conflict intimacy with non-binary adults, my crisis intimacy with non-binary adults, my spiritual intimacy with non-binary adults, my intellectual intimacy with non-binary adults, my experiential intimacy with non-binary adults, my circumstantial intimacy with non-binary adults, my recreational intimacy with non-binary adults, and my financial intimacy with non-binary adults, my sexual intimacy with non-binary adults, my interpersonal intimacy with non-binary adults, my social intimacy with non-binary adults, my cultural intimacy with non-binary adults, my environmental intimacy with non-binary adults, and my romantic intimacy with non-binary adults too. I experience all these forms of intimacy the most with women. Um, and I need to also make this clear before I really begin the episode. Um, so in my relationships... And I'm going to go over this three times. I'm going to start with the ladies. In my relationships with women, there's never instrumentality. Meaning there's never treating women as a tool for others' purposes. In my relationships with women, there's never denial of autonomy. Which means there's never treating women as lacking in, in, in autonomy and self-determination. In 
my relationships with women, there's never inertness, meaning there's never treating women as lacking in agency and activity. In my relationships with women, there's never fungibility, meaning there's never treating women as interchangeable with parentheses other quote-unquote objects. In my relationships with women, there's never viability, meaning there's never treating women as lacking in boundary, integrity, inviolable, quote-unquote, as something that is permissible to break up, smash, break into. In my relationships with women, there's never ownership, meaning there's never treating women as though they could be owned, bought, and sold, such as slavery. In my relationships with women, there's never denial of subjectivity, meaning there's never treating women as though there is no need for concern for their experiences and their feelings. Um, In my relationships with women, there's never reduction to body, meaning there's never the treatment of women as identified with their bodies and their body parts. In my relationships with women, there's never reduction to a to appearance, meaning there's never the treatment of women primarily in terms of how they look and how they appear to the senses. In my relationships with women, there's never silence, meaning there's never the treatment of women as if they are silent, lacking the capacity to speak. In my relationships with women, there's never objectification, meaning There's never the act of treating women as objects and as things. In my relationships with women, there's never dehumanization, meaning there's never the act of disavowing the humanity of women. In my relationships with women, there's never sexual objectification, meaning there's never the act of treating women as mere objects of sexual desire. Um, In my relationships with women, there's never self-objectification, meaning there's never the objectification of women's selves. In my relationships with women, there's never reification, meaning there's never the objectification of women's social relationships. In my relationships with women, there's never commodification, meaning there's never treating women as commodities or as objects without regard to their personalities or dignities. Now, let let us now venture into the men area. In my relationships with men, in my relationships with men, there's never objectification, meaning there's never the act of treating men as objects and as things. In my relationships with men, there's never dehumanization, meaning there's never the act of disavowing the humanity of men. Um, in my relationships with men, there's never the sexual there's never sexual objectification meaning there's never the act of treating men as mere sex as mere objects of sexual desire um 
In my relationships with men, there's never self-objectification, meaning there's never the objectification of men's selves. In my relationships with men, there's never reification, meaning there's never the objectification of men's social relationships. In my relationships with men, there's never instrumentality, meaning there's never treating men as a tool, as tools for others' purposes. In my relationships with men, there's never denial of autonomy, meaning there's never treating men as lacking in autonomy and self-determination. In my relationships, in my relationships with men, there's never inertness, meaning there's never treating men as lacking in agency and activity. In my relationships with men, there's never fungibility, meaning there's never treating men as interchangeable with parentheses other quote-unquote objects. In my relationships with men, there's never viability, meaning there's never treating men as lacking in boundary, integrity, inviolable, quote-unquote, as something that is permissible to break up, smash, break, in, two. In my relationships with men, there's never ownership, meaning there's never treating men as though they could be owned, bought, and sold, such as slavery. In my relationships with with men, there's never denial of subjectivity, meaning there's never treating men as though there is no need for concern for their experiences and their feelings. In my relationships with men, there's never reduction to body, meaning there's never the treatment of men as identified with their bodies and their body parts. In my relationships with men, there's never reduction to appearance, meaning there's never the treatment of men, primarily in terms of how they look and how they appear to the senses. In my relationships with men, there's never silencing, meaning there's never the treatment of men as if they are silent, lacking the capacity to speak. In my relationships with men, there's never commodification, meaning there's never treating men as commodities and as objects without regard to their personalities and dignities. In my relationships with non-binary adults, There's never objectification, meaning there's never the act of treating non-binary adults as objects and as things. In my relationships with non-binary adults, there's never dehumanization, meaning there's never the act of disavowing the humanity of non-binary adults. In my relationships with non-binary adults, there's never sexual objectification, meaning 
There's never the act of treating non-binary adults as mere objects of sexual desire. In my relationships with non-binary adults, there's never self-objectification, meaning there's never the objectification of non-binary adults as themselves. In my relationships with non-binary adults, there's never reification, meaning there's never the objectification of non-binary adults as social relationships. In my relationships with non-binary adults, there's never instrumentality, meaning there's never treating non-binary adults as tools for others' purposes. In my relationships with non-binary adults, there's never denial of autonomy, meaning there's never treating non-binary adults as lacking in autonomy and self-determination. In my relationships with non-binary adults, there's never inertness, meaning there's never treating non-binary adults as lacking in agency and activity. In my relationships with non-binary adults, there's never fungibility, meaning there's never treating non-binary adults as interchangeable with parentheses other quote-unquote objects. In my relationships with non-binary adults, there's never violability, meaning there's never treating non-binary adults as lacking in boundary, integrity, inviolable quote-unquote, as something that is permissible to break up, smash, break into. In my relationships with non-binary adults, there's never ownership, meaning there's never treating non-binary adults as though they could be owned, bought, and sold, such as slavery. In my relationships with non-binary adults, there's never denial of subjectivity, meaning There's never treating non-binary adults as though there is no need for concern for their experiences and their feelings. In my in my relationships with non-binary adults, there's never reduction to body. Meaning there's never the treatment of non-binary adults as identified with their bodies and their body parts. In my relationships with non-binary adults, there's never reduction to appearance. Meaning there's never the treatment of non-binary adults, primarily in terms of how they look and how they appear to the senses. In my relationships with non-binary adults, there's never silencing. Meaning there's never the treatment of non-binary adults as if they are silent 
lacking the capacity to speak. In my relationship, in my relationships with non-binary adults, there's never commodification, meaning there's never treating non-binary adults as commodities and as objects without regard to their personalities and dignities. Because I am a child advocate, I need to say that when it comes to children, I never do objectification, meaning that I never do the act of treating children as objects and as things. When it comes to children, I never do dehumanization, meaning that I never do the act of disavowing the humanity of children. When it comes to children, I never do sexual objectification. Meaning that I never do the act of treating children as mere objects of sexual desire. When it comes to children, I never do self-objectification, meaning I never do the objectification of children's selves. When it comes to children, I never do reification, meaning that I never do the objectification of children's social relationships. When it comes to children, I never do instrumentality, meaning that I nev- I am never treating children as tools for others' purposes. When it comes to children, I never do denial of autonomy, meaning that I am never treating children as lacking in autonomy and self-determination. When it comes to children, I never do inertness, meaning that I am never treating children as lacking in agency and activity. When it comes to children, I never do fungibility, meaning I'm never treating children as interchangeable with parentheses, other quote unquote objects. When it comes to children, I never do violability, meaning I'm never treating children as lacking in boundary, integrity, and violable quote-unquote, as something that is permissible to break up, smash, break into. When it comes to children, I never do ownership. I am never treating children as though they could be owned, bought, and sold, such as slavery.
When it comes to children, I never do denial of subjectivity, meaning I am never treating children as though there is no need for concern for their experiences and their feelings. When it comes to children, I never do reduction to body, meaning I never do the treatment of children as identified with their bodies and their body parts. When it comes to children, I never do reduction to appearance, meaning I never do the treatment of children, primarily in terms of how they look and how they appear to the senses. When it comes to children, I never do silencing, meaning I never do the treatment of children as if they are silent, lacking the capacity to speak. When it comes to children, I never do commodification, meaning I'm never treating children as commodities and as objects without regard to their personalities and dignities. And so I want to make it clear that um, in terms of my dating life and sex life, let's start off with dating. I have the right dating views, right dating understandings, right dating thoughts, right dating intentions, right dating speech right dating actions, right dating livelihood, right dating efforts, right dating mindfulness, right dating concentrations. When it comes to sex, I have right sexual views, right sexual understandings, right sexual thoughts, right sexual intentions, right sexual speech, Right sexual actions, right sexual livelihood, right sexual efforts, right sexual mindfulness, and right sexual concentration. And I also need to say in my heart I live a life of the dating middle way which implies my balanced approach to dating Let me start over. I have what is called the dating middle way, which implies my balanced approach to dating life and my regulation of my dating impulses and behavior. 
a second way of saying it is my dating middleweight in- indicates my reconciliation of the extremes of opposing dating views. In the broadest sense, my dating middleweight refers to my actions and my attitudes that does create dating joyfulness for myself and the ones I date. So in many similar ways, the similar to my dating humanist perspective recognizes that dating reason and dating rationality should be balanced with dating empathy and dating compassion. Here we go. Another principle I live by is the sexual middle way, which applies my balanced approach to my sex life and my regulation of my sexual impulses and behavior. The the sexual middle way indicates my reconciliation of the extremes of opposing sexual views. In the broadest sense, the sexual middle way refers to my actions and my attitudes that does create uh, sexual joyfulness for myself and the ones I sleep with. In many ways, similar to my sexual humanist perspective, I recognize that sexual reason and sexual rationality should be balanced with sexual empathy and sexual compassion. Okay, so here we go. My healthy sex is controllable energy. My healthy sex is a choice. My healthy sex is a natural drive. My healthy sex is nurturing healing. My healthy sex is an expression of love. My healthy sex is sharing with someone. My healthy sex is part of who I am. My healthy sex requires communication. My healthy sex is private. My healthy sex is respectful. My healthy sex is honest. My healthy sex is mutual. My healthy sex is intimate. My healthy sex is responsible. My healthy sex is safe. My healthy sex is boundaries. My healthy sex is empowering. My healthy sex enhances who I really am. My healthy sex reflects my values. My healthy sex enhances my self-esteem. So... Sexual abuse is never in my heart. Sexual addiction is never in my heart. Sex is uncontrollable energy, never true for me. Sex is an obligation, never true for me. Sex is addictive, never true for me. Sex is hurtful, never true for me. Sex is a condition for love or devoid of love, never true for me. Sex is doing to someone, never true for me. Sex is void of communication, never true for me. Sex is secretive, never true for me. Sex is exploitative, never true for me. Sex is deceitful, never true for me. Sex benefits one person, never true for me. Sex is emotionally distant, never true for me. Sex is irresponsible, never true for me. Sex is unsafe, never true for me. Sex has no limits, never true for me. Sex is power over someone, never true for me. Sex requires a double life, never true for me. Sex compromises my values, never true for me. Sex feels shameful, never true for me. So if you're in uh, casual relationships, you can say that sex is an expression of compassionate love. That means that sex is not a condition for compassionate love and sex 
should not be devoid of compassion and love. I just wanted to state that, especially if you're not monogamous. Um, so, um, my healthy sex is having choice, nurturing, built on trust, playful, loving myself, respectful, being honest, physically safe, feeling ready, caring, warmth, laughter, socially responsible, fun, shared intimacy, something I deserve, being friends, comfortable, expressing love, being equal partners, mutually desired, celebration, feeling good, honoring my pace, sensual touches, private arousing, being patient, relaxing, open communication, enjoyable, satisfying, good memories, and for me. Now, here's the thing. If you're a porn performer, that's healthy public sex. So healthy sex is public for them on camera. I just wanted to state that. Okay. So, I live a life of consent, which means I do freely and comfortably choose whether or not to engage in sexual activity. That means I'm conscious, informed, and I'm able to stop the activity at any time during the sexual contact. I live a life of equality, which means my sense of personal power is on equal level with my partners. Neither of us dominates or intimidates the others. Um, I live a life of respect, which means I have positive regard for myself and for my partners. I also feel respected by my partners based on how my partners are treating me. I live a life of trust, meaning that my, it means I trust my partners on physical and emotional levels. I we accept each other's needs and vulnerabilities and we are able to respond to concerns with sensitivity. I live a life of safety, which means I feel secure and safe within our sexual settings. I am comfortable with and assertive about where, when, and how the sexual activity takes place. I feel safe from the possibility of negative consequences such as unwanted pregnancy, unwanted children, sexually transmitted infections, sexually transmitted diseases, and physical injuries. I become friends with my sexual partners first and talk about sex before becoming physically involved as lovers. Um, we meet our overall goal. We we meet our overall goal in healthy sexuality, which means mutual pleasure, satisfaction. These conditions. These conditions work best for us when mutually understood and agreed upon. We enjoy spending time together, engaging in lots of honest, open, honest, open communication, which are good ways to meet to make sure that the certs conditions that we live by are in place. This is helpful for us because it's sexually healthy and mutually rewarding. Positive direction of my sexual interaction means that 
There's life-affirming celebration, healthy bonding, connectedness, creative expression, emotional intimacy, enhanced self-esteem, open communication, mutual respect, trust, sense of equality, consent, safety, and caring. We avoid the negative directions of sexual interaction that are consisting of emotional isolation, risk and danger, dishonesty and shame, impulsive compulsive, betrayal, betrayal of trust, coercion and fear, dislike of partner, silencing of inner reality, pain and injury, limited options, disintegration of relationship, destruction of body and soul. And we don't allow ground zero to trap us, which means an influx of drives, hormones, and sexual energy. And so I just wanted to say um, that's what beautifully makes me me is that um, I try to be I'm just mindful of not I, I overcame sexual extremism in other words I overcame sexual overindulgence extreme sexual asceticism I overcame romantic overindulgence and extreme romantic asceticism. So when it comes to dating, not too much, not too little, just right, in moderation. When it comes to sex, not too much, not too little, just right, in moderation.